It's the dictionary. Nerds and welcome to another episode of the Dictionary hosted by me, Spencer. Today I am recording this on December 20th, 7.07 a.m. I realize that's probably a weird thing to call out every episode. It doesn't affect you. It's not anywhere near the date or time that you are listening to this or watching this. Um, I just thought, eh, it's a fun, maybe just a little record of time, a record of What's going on in my life? When is this happening? Um, I may not do it in the Fs. Do you have a strong opinion on whether or not I say this? Uh, What I do plan to do, though, is when I get to the Fs, is to actually have every episode planned out on what day they're airing on, like I have done for the, I believe, the A's, the B's, the C's, the D's. I did not do it for the E's for some reason. Um, And I'm going to be a little bit more planned out in that way. Uh, so maybe maybe I'll go back to saying this episode is airing on this day. We'll we'll see how that goes, but I'll probably do that. Hi. Okay. The first word in this episode is ephemera. Now I believe that this is the word that I was thinking of in the previous episode when we got to ephedra. They sound similar, but they are not the same. Ephedra. Uh, this is, uh, this, it's a, it's a plant. Yeah, it's a plant, but ephemera is spelled E-P-H-E-M-E-R-A. Noun from 1650, one, something of no lasting significance. And this is usually used in plural, which, by the way, is either just the word ephemera, it could be singular or plural, or you can pluralize it as ephemeras or ephemery. Yeah, ephemery spelled with an A-E at the end. So it's no lasting significance. It's not important. It's not going to last. What would that be? I mean, I think everything is important. Uh, I hope this podcast is not ephemera. It's just It just sort of comes and goes, and that's it. Uh, number two, uh, this is where it would be plural, just ephemera. That's what it's saying. This is paper items like posters, broadsides, and tickets that were originally meant to be discarded after use, but have since become collectibles. Um, okay, yeah. So, you know, I, I know of, uh, right off the top of my head, I think of Dave and Ethan of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, and they probably both have collected quite a few of these ephemera, and there's a lot of collectors in the Weird Al universe, but also lots and lots of different, um, what do we want to call those? Cultures, societies, groups of people, uh, fandoms, fandoms, there we go. Um, their people are collecting things that were, like, not important. They were supposed, like, it literally says, like, a ticket. A ticket to a show, you're just supposed to throw it out when you're done. But no, these are important pieces of, of, of our history, of our, uh, of excitement, of fun, of, of stuff like that. Uh, they have nostalgic feelings. We have nostalgic feelings towards them. Uh, so yes, these are now, see, that's what's interesting 
is that it's kind of the opposite of the first one. The first one is it has no lasting significance, but here it's supposed to have no lasting significance, but it does have a lasting significance. Um, what else? What else can we say about these? I don't know. When I when I was young, I collected all of my movie tickets. Uh, this was back in the day when we were still getting physical movie tickets. I guess some places you still do, but not much. And uh, I had a Ziploc bag full of them. And at a certain point in my life, I think we were just trying to get rid of stuff. It's like, you know what? I got to get rid of these. And of course, I'm a little bummed that I did not keep all these movie tickets but at the same time, you know, it's like, ah, eh, whatever. It's life. It's ephemera. It's all ephemera. That's what it is. So this word uh, has very little in the way of etymology. It's just from the Greek ephemera, which is the neutral plural of ephemeros or ephemeros. And it doesn't say what it means. So it's probably just their word for something that just means nothing. Not important at all. Yeah, that's it. Ephemera. Well, uh, let's make a sound effect that's uh, it's ephemeral. It's it's like um. Sure. Well, speaking of, our next word is ephemeral with an L at the end. First form adjective from fifteen seventy six, and there's a few ways to pronounce this. Ephemeral three syllables, ephemeral, still three syllables, or ephemeral or ephemeral with four syllables. Number one, lasting one day only, as in an ephemeral fever. So your fever is like, oh, it's just, I just feel crappy for a day, or my fever is just here for the day. It's just hanging out. It just took a day trip to my body, and then it leaves. It's ephemeral. It's like, ah, it's in and out, in and out. That's it. Um, so number two is lasting a very short time, as in ephemeral pleasures. That's what most of them are. And you know what? They should be ephemeral pleasures because how if you're, if you're having the pleasures all the time, then they're not pleasurable anymore. You need the crappy with the, with the happy. The crappy with the happy. That's how it goes. Just a short little time. Ephemeral pleasures. This podcast is ephemeral pleasures. It's just about a half hour-ish. Uh, a synonym is the word transient, because that's something that just sort of comes and goes. It's here and it's gone. Ephemerally is an adverb. And, ooh, we do now have more etymology. Now, I don't know why they didn't put this in the first, the previous word, ephemera, but we got it here. So, yes, this is from the Greek ephemeros, which means lasting a day or daily. Um, so, right there, we see we see where this word comes from. It's just, here is a, it's a here for the day, and then it's gone. Um, and that word, ephemeros or ephemeros, is from the epi prefix plus hemera, which means day. And then we will learn about the epi prefix later in this episode so we can sort of maybe take what's that, what that means, and put it to this and see if we can figure out a bit more about what that prefix means uh, and how it's related to this word. 
and so yeah, ephemeral, it's just about being, it's just daily. And then of course, ephemera, the noun came from that. And it's, you have it for a day and then you get rid of it for the day. I don't know. I'm trying to think of other examples of something that's here for the day and that's it. And that's it. Uh, can't think of anything because my brain is so focused on just reading the words. So let's do more of that. The next word is the second form of ephemeral noun from 1807. Something ephemeral. Specifically, though, a plant that grows flowers and dies in a few days. I have never heard of this type of plant. It grows and blooms, it flowers, and it dies in just a few days. And I need to know of an example of one of these flowers. This is fascinating to me. Um, no, wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to type it in here. Ephemeral flowers. Here we go. Um, ephemeral plant. Are there, are there specific examples of these? Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's go to this page. We've got spring ephemerals, desert ephemerals, mudflat ephemerals, weedy ephemerals. Um, hmm. Stems, leaf, it's too much to read. It's too much to read. Oh, examples include spring beauties, trilliums, harbinger of spring. Um, those are the spring ephemerals. Any other ones in these other other types uh invasive weeds yeah uh if uh, weedy ephemerals examples include cardamine hirsuta and cannabis mm, cannabis ruderalis which is sort of the third major category of cannabis there's sativa and indica and then there's ruderalis which is not really commonly known but i guess that's one of the ones that uh, yeah, short lifespans, rapid rates of growth, high levels of seed production. Interesting. Okay, so yeah, it's like it's not a day. It's not here for the day, but it's a few days. It's it's a short period of time. Those ephemerals. Hmm. Wow. Here we go with ephemerality. Yep, yep. Or ephemerality. Noun from 1822, number one is plural. It's just ephemeral things. Ephemeral things are ephemerality. Two, the quality or state of being ephemeral. So if you are one of these plants, then you would have ephemerality. If you are a ticket stub, you would think that you would have ephemerality. But if you are, if you are, in the hands of somebody who loves you so much, you have no ephemerality. They're going to keep you in a Ziploc bag, in a plastic covering, in a laminate, in a box for, for all the years. Next is, uh, this word is ephemerid. It's E-P-H-E-M-E-R. I D. That's how the word ends. Noun from 1872. Oh, the synonym is mayfly. So ephemerid is a mayfly. And I think that these are types of insects that just grow and die in a matter of days. They don't live very long. So that's why they are ephemera or ephemerid or they have ephemerality. Wow. <sighs> 
Next is ephemeris with an S at the end. Noun from 1508. Uh, the plural is ephemerides. This is a tabular statement of the assigned places of a celestial body for regular intervals. A tabular statement. So is this like this is this is a written down record of where the celestial body is going? What is this? A tabular statement of the assigned places of a celestial body for regular intervals. Now I don't think anybody is assigning places where this celestial body is going to go, but because our scientists are very smart and they observe things great, uh, we know based on uh, the time of year and uh, where you are on the planet, you can predict where a certain celestial body is going to be in the sky, a star or a planet. I don't, I mean, there's, there's other celestial bodies, but that's the majority of them. Comets, Cupids, Blitzens. Um, so, I guess this is a written down thing that says where something is going to be at regular intervals. On this day, it's going to be here. On this day, it's going to be here. And I guess the, well, let's look at the etymology. I had a thought, but let's read it specifically. Uh, it's a Latin word, ephemeris, which means diary. Or also just ephemeris. Ephemeris means ephemeris. Um, yeah, plus uh, from the Greek, ephemeros, which we learned means daily. Uh, and so this is basically, I think, the daily record of where a thing in the sky is. And that was probably used to help them predict where it would be in the future. Or, yeah, you know, oh, 10 years from now on this day, it's probably going to be in the same place. Um, and also if things are changing, then they can see, oh, well, we're seeing a change here in this thing. Then we can sort of predict what happened before and where it's going. That's important too. Um, so yeah, this is ephemeris. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it's just a, a daily record of where the stuff is. Yeah. Whoop. Next is ephemeris time. Two words. Noun from 1950, a uniform measure of time defined by the orbital motions of the planets. A uniform measure of time defined by the orbital motions of the planets. So, people were writing down, well, ephemeris is back in the 1500s, so, you know, they were probably doing this even before then. But right off the bat, that's already four to five hundred years of writing down this ephemeris every day, this is where the planets are, this is where the stars are. Uh, and so ephemeris times, like, well, we've noticed there's a regular interval of things happening when we look at the planets. And so that's ephemeris time. I feel like there's a lot more to this, though, that I want. Um, so maybe I'll put a link in the show notes for ephemeris time. And um, yeah, a uniform measure of time based on the motion of the planets and the orbits that they take around the sun. Um, so yeah, what what is this time? Is it a long unit of time? What is it? What is it? What is it? <sighs> Next is Ephesians. Capital E, P-H, 
E-S-I-A-N-S. And we saw this in the previous episode. We had the, abbrevi- the abbreviation for Ephesians, which was just F or Ephes. Uh, and so Ephesians is a noun from 1549. This is a letter addressed to early Christians and included as a book in the New Testament. Uh, and it says to see the Bible table. And so I do remember reading that. Uh, I, I kind of remember Ephesians being in there, although I probably pronounced it Ephesians. Uh, and um, so it was a letter addressed to early Christians. Who wrote this letter? Which early Christians? Just all of them? Was this an open letter that they put on the internet to all the early Christians? What did it have to say? Um, well, the original name was Epistle to the Ephesians. E-P-I-S-T-L-E. Epistle. Is that, uh, that going to be in here, or would we have already seen it? Or is it coming up? Oh, I think it might be coming up. Um, let's see. E-P-I-S. Is it on this page? If it is, it's a ways down. Oh, boy, this is a no. Oh, here we go. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's like eight or nine episodes from now. Uh, whatever epistle is. It's not apostle. It's epistle. Um, epistle to the Ephesians. Maybe that's just a letter to the Ephesians. So then they just called it Ephesians. And uh, it often gets abbreviated to E-P-H or E-P-H-E-S. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe I'll put in a link for the, in the show notes for this one, too. What does it have to say? What What did this letter say? <sighs> Next is Ephod. Ephod or Ephod. E-P-H-O-D. Ephod. Noun from the 14th century. This episode is filled with things that I don't know. Number one, a linen apron, a linen apron, worn in ancient Hebrew rites. That's R-I-T-E-S. But especially a vestment for the high priest. So in religious ceremonies, basically, they would wear this piece of clothing uh, it says it's an apron, a linen apron. So is that, you know, is that just down on your bottom half? Like waiters will wear an, an apron? Or is this, you know, an apron going from your chest down? Like when you're when you're cooking in the kitchen, you got to have a big old apron. What kind of apron is it? Is it just the type of apron maybe that you put in your your uh, your neck thing here? And then you it's like when you're eating lobster, you got to have that type of apron. What is it? What is it? It's an ephod, and it's for religious rites. Number two, an ancient Hebrew instrument of priestly divination. So, uh, what 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 is priestly divination? What are you doing that's divine? Um, and it's some sort of tool. Maybe we need to put a picture for both versions. I assume it's different things, uh, the clothes and this instrument. So maybe we got to put a picture on the social media for this ephod and see what it looks like, because cause we're all curious. Um, it's, uh, it's Hebrew from, um, they, they just spell it differently. Once it got into English, they, uh, they took off the H at the end. Hacked it off. Whoa. 
Next is Effer or Effar. Effar or Effer? I think either one. It's, it's close. E-P-H-O-R. Noun from 1579, number one. One of five ancient Spartan magistrates having power over the king. Oh, well, see, typically we think of kings having all the power. But no, in this context, in Sparta, they had five, yes, five magistrates that had power over the king. So... What's the point of a king if the people got power over? Well, it's kind of like maybe the the Supreme Court here in America. The president has, you know, they're the top leader, but the Supreme Court is like, well, you know what? We we need we need somebody, we need a group of people to be like, nah, maybe maybe the president didn't make make the best decisions. Um, maybe it's kind of like that. The the effer the effer that's what they're called. Uh, number two, a government official in modern Greece, especially one who oversees public works. So yes, this definitely seems like a Greek thing because I think Sparta is in Greece. I should know this maybe. Where where is Sparta? Let's let's just do a quick little look for Sparta. Um, it was a prominent city-state in Laconia in ancient Greece, so maybe it doesn't exist anymore. Or maybe it became Greece. I'm sure there's a lot more that we could read about that. Um, so, yeah, the effer. They're just, they're just important government people. The name, the name is from the Greek, ephoros, which is from ephoron, which means to oversee. Uh, yes, yeah, so they're overseeing everything. They're important. They make decisions, probably. This word is from the epi prefix plus horon, which means to see. And so epi makes it oversee. You see a thing, but oversee is a whole other thing. You, you, you look down on everything else because you're so important. Uh, there's more at the word wary, W-A-R-Y. Oh, did I miss? I think I missed um, efferate. Efferate is a noun. Or what? I would think it would be efferate, but it says efferate. So an efferate, would that be one of the effers? I don't know. Whoop. Next is Ephraim. Yeah, that's it. Ephraim. Capital E-P-H-R-A-I-M. Ephraim. Noun from before the 12th century. A son of Joseph and the traditional eponymous ancestor of one of the tribes of Israel. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, from the Hebrew name, Hebrew name. I don't know how it's pronounced, but I'm going to assume it's the same or similar. Ephraim spelled with a Y in there. Uh, so Joseph's son is now, is this the Joseph who wore the technicolor dream coat? Go, 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 Joseph. Um, and the traditional eponymous ancestor of one of the tribes of Israel. So one of the tribes of Israel, I guess, was named after uh, Ephraim, who was the son of Joseph. There's a whole lot of history that I just don't know. What are the other tribes called? I don't know. Should we look that up? Should we put that in the show notes? What are the tribes, the ancient tribes of Hebrew, of Israel? <laughs> That's the right word. Whoop. 
Here we go with Ephraimite. Yeah, that's how you say it. Ephraimite. Uh, so it's the same word as the last word with I-T-E at the end. Noun from 1568. One, a member of the Hebrew tribe of Ephraim. So one of the Ephraims, they're called an Ephraimite. Ephraimite. Number two, a native or inhabitant of the biblical northern kingdom of Israel. So maybe that's where this tribe lived, in the northern part of, I guess, what we call now is Israel, or what used to, I don't really know. Dude, the whole, the whole, that whole region, clearly, you know, I'm recording this in December when we still got some real messed up stuff happening over there. <sighs> a lot of innocent people dying, a lot of people who just want to live their lives. And so, and it's all based on this geography, this area, this holy land that multiple people, multiple groups are claiming as this is mine, this is mine. Well, maybe if you're all claiming it, then maybe you're more similar than you think. You all come from the same place, the same things. And then for some reason, you just diverted, diverged into two different probably more than two different areas and places and thoughts and beliefs and can't we just come back together in some way or at least respect at least see be empathetic to the other people why why can't we do this anyway clearly the geography of that area is complicated <sighs> okay it's, it's ephemera it's all ephemera here we go. Now, finally, we got to the epi prefix, EPI, or just EP, depending on the context. This is, uh, it has no year. Why don't prefixes ever have a year? I'm sure there's a very good reason for that. Number one, it means multiple things with multiple examples. Oh my God, this is, why are all these under number one? Okay, let's do this. Upon, that's the first one. As in the example, epiphyte, with a PH, upon. So something is on something else. Also, besides, as in epiphenomenon. Epiphenomenon. So is that like a phenomenon that's next to another phenomenon or a, a, a different than another phen phenomenon? Hmm. Okay. Uh, what else? Attached to, uh, as in the example, epididymis. Epididymis. Uh, was, is that... I don't know what that is. Also, over, as in epicenter. So it's over the center? Over the center? Also, outer, as in epiblast. Is th this, could be, this could be cells on the outside of a thing, at the outside of the cell is the epiblast, maybe? After, wow, I am having a deja vu situation right now, and I guess that's not surprising, and I've probably said the same thing in the past. It's probably not that surprising when you read the dictionary, because it's very similar, uh, it's very repetitive, but, you know, I was probably reading another uh, prefix at some point in the last five years. Um, 
that had a lot of examples like this. And so it's, it's feeling very weird to me right now. Um, but so the last one here for number one is after, as in epigenesis. So that's the, the genesis is the beginning of a thing. And then what happens after that is the epigenesis. I'm sure that's incredibly simplified. Okay, all of those were number one. This is a very versatile prefix. Upon, besides, attached to, over, outer, and after. I think that's six different things in number one. Now, let's go on to 2A. Chemical entity related to another. And in parentheses, it says related to such another. Not sure why that had to be specified out, but I'm sure there's a good reason. Lexicographically. There's an example, epimer or epimer. And of course, all of these words are going to be coming in the next handful of episodes because now we're starting this whole big epi section. So it's a chemical entity related to another. It's chemical thing. It's related to another thing that's also a chemical thing. To be chemical entity distinguished from such another by having a bridge connection as in epichlorohydrin, epichlorohydrin. So there's some sort of bridge connecting things, and there's multiple chemical entities. What's the, what's the bridge? Is it the chloro thing? Is it the hydrin, which might be water? Who knows? Who knows? Um, okay, now, this, this is from the Greek, epi, which means on, or at, or besides, or after, akin to the Old English eofot, uh, uh, which means crime. Oh, interesting. Now, why, though, I'm, I have to look very closely because the word eofot is spelled E-O-F-O-T, the E-O-F is in italics, which makes me think that that's the part that's related to this epi prefix. So does is eophot mean crime? And then how is that related to the epi word in Greek, which means on, at, besides, or after? And why do we have this word, this prefix, that means so many different things? Is there, is there a connective tissue between them? On, at, besides, after. I mean, we also have upon. Uh, that's similar. Attached to, over, outer, after. I don't know. What's the... It's it's like... It basically is like it's, it's something that's connected to this other thing. It could be connected to it in all these different ways. It could be in it, on it, next to it, behind it, under it, through it. It's, it's related to whatever this thing is. I think that's kind of the, the thing. Right? Good. Okay. Now, let's get into some of these words. What do they mean? And how is epi related? <sighs> Epiblast. Noun from 1875. And yes, it's epiblast, not epiblast. Uh, this is the outer layer of the blastoderm, and the synonym is ectoderm, which I think is on the outside. That would make sense. 
Uh, epiblastic is an adjective. So it's the outer layer of the blastoderm is the epiblast. Boom! What? Next is epiboly. Epiboly. Uh, this is spelled E-P-I-B-O-L-Y. Epiboly. Noun from 1875. Now, because we're not saying epi, maybe this isn't using the epi prefix. So let's find out what this is. What is this epiboly? I love learning these words that sound so silly. This is the growing of one part about another. Especially such growth of the dorsal lip area during gastrulation. Mmm. Epibolic is an adjective. So, the growing of one part about another. So, one part of this body thing is here, and then another part grows on top of it. Uh, and that's a pibbly. That's the act of a pibbly. Um, but specifically, such growth of the dorsal lip area during gastrulation. So, but what are we talking about? Dorsal makes me think of the back. It's this, the lip on the back of a thing, the back lip. What what creature is this? I don't think it's a human. It's because there's something growing on this lip during this process of gastrulation, whatever that is, probably something with eating, digesting, something like that. So, we got to look at the etymology. Uh, this is from the Greek epiboli, which means addition, because it's growing onto it, it's being added to it. From epibaline, which means to throw on, just, just throw, just, just throw some mud on it. From epi plus baline, which means to throw. So when you put the epi on it, it's throw on. If you just throw a thing, you just throw it in any direction. It doesn't matter. But the whole epi thing is it's being connected to another thing. Throw it on. And there's more of the word devil. <sighs> Next and last word is the first form of the word epic. E-P-I-C. And I don't think this is using the epi prefix because... Because C is just, it's just C. I don't think, yeah. Epic. It's its own thing. Adjective from 1589. Um, so, number one, of relating to or having the characteristics of an epic. As in, an epic poem. So, yes, this is the adjective. Into the next episode, we'll have the noun epic, so we'll get to learn more about that. But, yes, if it's related to that epic poem like the odyssey the iliad something uh then it is then it would be considered epic you'd call it epic you'd, you'd describe it as epic Two a extending beyond the usual or ordinary especially in size or scope as in his genius was epic and that is from the times lit sup his genius was epic because it went past the usual genius, the ordinary genius, um, in size or scope. Well, that's good for him. I'm so proud of him that he had amazing, epic genius. What to be? The synonym is heroic. Uh, that's it, just heroic. 
so if you are heroic, you can be considered epic. Your heroism goes beyond the usual or the ordinary. Epical is another adjective. I don't think I've ever heard of that one. Epical. So that poem is epical. His genius was epical. Epically is an adverb. Oh, they wrote that poem so epically. It took them 300 years to write that poem. Uh, this podcast is being done epically. It is an epic podcast just, just because it's a lot. It's a lot. Now, now we're going to look at the etymology. It's from Latin, epicus, from Greek, epikos, uh, which is from epos or epos, probably epos, which means word, speech, or poem. Hmm. And there's more at the word voice. So it seems like, and I've probably learned this at some point, but I forgot. This word epic literally began as words, speech, poems. They would write things down, maybe very, very long things. And then as society and culture and words change and evolve, we started to use the word epic in other ways because it came from these epic poems, these very long things. So it just means words. It's words and speech and poem. That's it. That's what it means. So we're going to learn more about that in the next episode, right over there. That's where it is. I'm doing a head nod if you're listening to this on the audio-only feed. Okay, now I have to pick a word of the episode. We had ephemera, ephemeral, ephemeral, ephemerality, ephemerid, ephemeris, ephemeris time, Ephesians, ephod, ephor, eph, no, Ephraim, Ephraimite, epi, epiblast, epiboly, and epic. Okay, um, let's see. There's a few of these that I will not be picking. I know that for sure. Um, but there are some of these that I liked. I think uh, ephemera, ephemeral, those are kind of interesting. I feel like there was one, though, that jumped out to me. Um, oh, I think, I think ephemeris time is interesting. And I'd like to learn a little bit more about that. Because I don't know about this way to keep track of time using the orbits of the planets. Ephemeris time, ephemeris time, it's probably... That's not how I wanted to say these words. Ephemeris time, ephemeris time, it's probably really long time. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, now, I would like to tell you about another couple movies. Uh, let's see. Should have brought up my list ahead of time. We have. Uh, no, I don't want to pay for you. I want free you. Uh, here we go. We watched The Shining with my family. Um, my parents, my sister, her partner, their kid, who is 13, and um, they they were into it. They were into it. We watched this in November, so it's still sort of creepy season back in November, and uh, and they all liked it. I think maybe only a couple of them had probably seen it before. Um, you know, a lot of people say The Shining is very scary, and I, I would I would say that it is objectively not entirely scary. It has some creepy things, but it's more sort of psychological, really, than anything. 
Um, you know, I won't. Maybe a lot of you haven't seen it, so I'm not going to talk about it too much. But uh, but yeah, they all seem to like it. Um, the other movie, next movie that we watched was Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, this is the new epic movie by uh, Martin Scorsese, and it's about the the Native Americans in Osage County. Ooh, is that Oklahoma or something? And they get oil, and they become very rich. And of course, when money is involved, there's a whole bunch of crime and murder and stuff that happens. And so it's kind of it's the gangster version. It's the it's Martin loves his gangster movies and things. So in this is this is a kind of gangstery version in Native American culture, and I believe it's largely based in truth. I don't know if the specific people or how many of the specific people are based in real people, but uh, I think that the, what, what was going on was probably real. I don't know. I should look into that. How much of this is based in truth? I don't know. I should know this. I should know this. Okay. That's the end of this episode. Thank you very much for listening and watching. And uh, feel free to follow the social media, email me, subscribe to the YouTube channel, watch this if you want to see me, and uh, email me about stuff if you want to talk and chit-chat. Let's do that. This has been Spencer Dispensing Information. Goodbye.